Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 43. Sup, left hand. Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing. What'd you do this week in guns? This week in guns, I had, to, I had to rebuild our website and uh, do a few things. I've uh, been moderating the forums, which the forums are starting to slowly take off. We yeah. Need, hopefully it'll give a... seen a couple started on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool place to go and just talk anything guns, so you can go do that. Uh, also getting ready for next week, which is going to be a fun little trip for us. We're going to the Seal Legacy Foundation Gala. I'm getting ready for Dallas. a trip this week. Yeah, and you're going to a Navy SEAL retirement this weekend. Oh, which is who? Our good buddy Ron Bellin will be retiring this uh, Friday. Yep. So I'm going to go travel over to uh, Virginia and support him. And I think they're going to have a little soiree the next day. I'm going to hang around for that, too. Nice. So we were talking about you know that, and you're like, oh, are you going to go get drunk? And <laughs> I was like, it's probably not a smart idea to get drunk around a bunch of Navy SEALs. There's no telling where I'd end up. <laughs> <laughs> Last week I mentioned on the show that I got a little police revolver, <clears throat> a little Smith & Wesson. There. Let me see what I've been got. messing around with it, getting it cleaned up to flip it. Little thirty eight special, Smith and Wesson. Nineteen so, estimated around nineteen forty seven ish. It's definitely before nineteen fifty because they took that little gold medallion out on mm-hmm. in nineteen fifty. So, so what are you what are you gonna do to it? I'm gonna get it all fixed up and then now have you talked with with um I talk with gun yep. people and they say it's okay to, to you gonna reblue it or No, no. I, uh Sean at the armory said I probably don't even need to if I just take some some I can't even remember what he said. Take I need to ask him again, and then just kind of scrub some of these little parts. It'll come right off because yeah, it's not in. Steel wool yeah, it's not in the real soft. In the metal, it's kind of on the surface. Yeah, but you know I paid. You next be to careful with that because I I did that on a couple of my guns and it did take the blue off. Yeah, but, yeah, but I got it for next to nothing. Even if I sell it for half of what it's worth, then I'll make some money on it. Yeah. Have you shot it yet? No, I'm going to this week. It just looks cool though. It's just one of the old police revolvers, Smith and Wesson. Yeah, it was either military oh. or police. I, I'm not sure, but it's definitely government issue. This goes into what I did. This I took our buddy Big Marty. Yeah, to the range. He got a, a new PF9. Uh huh. I've never shot one before, so he let me shoot his PF9. And uh, he also had a Larson <laughs> 380. <laughs> Larson so 380. I got my matches mine experience <laughs> my with old a Larson, one. and it was surprisingly accurate. I, it was. It's a big, heavy gun uh, for a 380. But it was accurate, man. I was surprised. I didn't have any misfeeds or anything with it. Uh, but then he also had one of these. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Belize issue? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. I think it was. Uh, and we shot that too. That was that was pretty fun. Was it Smith Wesson too? Yeah, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was very. I, I don't know what year or anything, but it, I mean, it was the exact same gun you got right there. Of course, this is one where you don't want to dry fire because it's got the firing pin on the hammer. Right. So. Right. But yeah, I, I can't wait to shoot. See how it goes. Yeah. That'd be so cool. that was my week. Shoot some vids of that. Want to thank our sponsors, US Elite Gear. That's US EliteGear.com and enter our code Talking Lead at checkout and you'll get a discount. ICE Training. ICE Training.us. That's our buddy Rob Pincus and all his uh, conglomerate of companies of PDN. And uh, he's got some great videos if you go on YouTube doing some of his training and, and whatnot. But they've got some some they've got some awesome training videos, and we've been giving those away as some of our, our prize giveaways. All kinds of different topics. Uh, disaster preparation, firearm care and maintenance. Uh, there's some specifically for women. Uh, 
all kinds of different. I think I saw some AR um, uh, videos there. Speaking of ARs, uh, you guys probably seen on the Facebook where I posted about an AR building. If you've ever built one or you plan on building one, well, we are. One of our projects is we're going to build an AR from scratch, and specifically a 300 blackout. And I've uh, been in the process of ordering parts and gathering parts. Is that what hunter gathering for parts uh, and pilfering, pilfering, <laughs> begging, and just about got all the parts that we need. Barrel is what we're lacking, and something else. But anyway, just want to throw that out there. So thanks to Ergo Grip for uh, helping us along with that project as well and you can see them at uh, ergogrip.net all or nothing tattoo studios all or nothing tattoo.com and they are gun friendly merchandise store strangleholdmerch.com holder and green professional real estate services hg press for all your middle tennessee real estate needs give them a call at 1-800-615-1840 extension 2222 you know there's something else i did this week i started listening to a kind of new podcast it's some guys from an old podcast that we know the uh, beast mode outdoors podcast yeah but they have a nonprofit called the Warfighters Foundation, and they have a Warfighters podcast. Hmm. It's pretty cool. They're they're doing stuff similar to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes. Is that fund. their own nonprofit yep. that they've started? Yep, that's cool. Uh, so they're putting that together and uh, check check out their podcast. It's Warfighters Podcast, and you can get a lot more information on them. And we also want to thank Clay Greenfield Motorsports. That is the NASCAR truck that hopefully you guys have watched the last couple of weeks uh did really good at talladega not so good the next week uh, in martinsville last weekend but uh he he did good that's a tough race everything's a lot yeah. a lot faster and it's kind of frustrating tighter. to watch it is especially when you know you got a dog in the hunt so yep. to speak um, but he did a good job hanging in there and finished the race uh, and we're you know we'll have him on have a little post uh follow up with that race and then talk about uh, i think that was his last race of the year yeah uh what's coming up for next year don't forget clutch defense new online store where you can get ammo and pretty much all kinds of gear gear and, and whatnot and the code there is talking lead 68 for the discount and speaking of codes our good buddy zach with yes. Lone Wolf. And we're racking up. up on all these codes, aren't we? I'm telling you, we're, we're bringing you guys some If you some listen to Talking Lead, you shouldn't have to pay a full price for anything anymore. Uh-uh. <laughs> Get a 10% discount at Lone Wolf Distributors and just enter the code. It's all one word, Talking Lead. That's LoneWolfDist.com, D-I-S-T. You just Google it and it'll come up. You were mentioning something about giveaways. We give away those DVDs for giveaways. We're doing another little giveaway. Since we revamped all of our iTunes stuff, our RSS feeds, website, all that stuff, we lost all of our iTunes feedback and comments in the process of that. So we went from pushing 200 comments to 13. What we're going to do instead of trivia this week, we're going to do a 100 comment giveaway. Yeah. And it'll be pretty good stuff. We'll throw in some stickers, some of our bumper stickers, DVDs. Uh, we'll just what throw a nice little prize We're going to step together. it up. Yeah. So when we hit 100, then we're going to send you a DVD and you know some stickers. Yep. We get 200, we're going to up that up to two DVDs and, and a t-shirt. And a t-shirt. We we get up to 500 we're gonna throw some hats in, t-shirts, DVDs. It's just gonna it's gonna get progressive it's gonna ratchet from there. Up. Yeah. So you guys really need to help us boost those up and do it quick, so we can get right back in the saddle. 
And the cool thing is going to be when you enter, you're in there for all those drawings. We're going to do it for all 500 people. So if you're in the first 100, you're going to get four or five chances on winning something. So just remember that. Get in there and do it quick so we can get those feedbacks. Do it. Feedbacks? Do it. Feedbacks? Is just do it. Get that feedback. The number back up. Feedbacks. Get that feedback. We both wanted to try to start doing competitions. So me being the dork and geeky guy I am, I start looking up practice drills for it. And I thought, well, hell, we've got Gabby Franco, an already proven competitor and Olympic competitor. Let's just ask mm-hmm. her. So let's go to Gabby on guns. So let's hear it from Gabby. So Gabby, we were just talking about some specific drills that people do to get ready for competition. Uh, do you have any specific ones that are your favorites or that work best? Well, definitely you can um, change lab fire completely, right? But I think the key is doing dry fire at home. So what I try to do and what I'm most of the, the exercises I do is when I draw, I automatically move out of the position. So it's not just staying in one position and just do a draw. Because most of the time you're going to draw and move. You see, it's not about doing 200 draws from the holster and stay in the same position. The other thing I really like to do is mag changes and the same thing, mag changes and moving. Most people think that, oh, I'm going to do a mag change. I'm going to do 100 mag changes in the same position. Yes, you, you basically you should do it as you get the technique, um, as, as you uh, get better doing your mag change. But after you have a sort of a, a good feel and you think that your mag changes are right, you have to start moving. What about like any specific strength drills that you do? You know, when I'm doing my regular drive fire, I would ha- I have to say that I actually pay more attention on the pressure I put on my left hand, even more than I would normally do when I'm shooting. Because when I'm shooting, I'm not thinking anything else than, you know, making my shots and everything else. But when I'm doing dry fire, I actually make sure that I'm putting my pressure more than normal with my left hand, trying to create that muscle memory. And that's pretty much a strength that most people take for granted. That, okay, I have a good grip, but most people have a good grip with their shooting hand instead of the non-shooting hand. I think that's that's one of the things that most should have fold on, you know, having that strength. I, I think I told you guys, something I do in this personal preference, um, I shoot like 15 yards, small circle, maybe 16 inches, and I hold the gun for two minutes looking at my sights. And it gets tiring. Before you even you shoot? You just hold it there for two minutes? Yes. Wow. I don't do I don't I have I don't do it very often. I might do it, you know, once a month or so. But it, it is to keep my concentration at all times on my front side. Sometimes so, I even lose it because my eyes get tired and all that. So like um, baseball players, you know, they've got those what's called donuts that they put on the end of their bats to weight them. Uh-huh. Do you put extra weight on your gun? No. I actually don't. I actually wouldn't even uh, suggest to put extra weight on, on the on the pistol. It's not because the gun itself, you're not gaining more by putting weight. Actually, mm-hmm. if you do that when you do a draw, it's right? Gonna throw you off. You're gonna yeah. train exactly. You're gonna train with that weight, and then when but you I take assume, it off, I assume the reason that you're doing that and holding it for two minutes is not only to for your for your sights, like you said, you're practicing your sights, but also for your muscles because when you're in competition you're holding that gun up 
quite a bit. So that's that's for your muscle. It is for my muscles, Building but, as well. you know, very, I'm very, per se, thoughtful in a way. Uh, and when I do this type of exercise, what I try to do is separate my brain, my thoughts, okay? It's all about your mind. Remember, shooting a good 70% of everything that goes on in shooting is in your mind. So in that, I have, I'm in pain, you know, after, I do that at least 10 times, mm-hmm. and after fifth third and fourth time I'm already in pain my shoulders your lactic acids building up yeah yeah so what I'm trying is you know build up that that mindset of keep that keep myself strong mm-hmm. and not giving up on it That's... separating mm-hmm. go ahead go ahead <laughs> you said separating <laughs> separating my uh, my brain from what I feel the pain and putting together what I have to do. It's a similar drill to what we did in basketball playing post down low. We had to take uh-huh. two 10-pound weights, and we would just hold them as long as we could exactly. out, you know, just straight out from our bodies and build up that shoulder strength and getting used to people hacking down on your arms. Of course, you're not going to – well, you might in a defensive situation. You might have somebody hacking <laughs> but, on your arms. Well, when you're at a, a ball game and you've know, yeah. you got to pass the beers from person to person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, That's I, a more important one. I practice with those 16-ounchers. <laughs> you just hold You just hold two. I'm just holding them. You know, Left hand has two kegs in one each hand. He just holds two, them out. Two hours before the game, you know. Oh, you guys are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some good but, ideas. No, seriously, know, though. That... But, you know, in shooting, most people would try to, after the two minutes passed, right, most people just try to make the shot just to make a shot. Mm-hmm. My goal is after I'm in pain, trying to keep the concentration and all uh-huh. that is trying to make a perfect shot. So I don't shoot right away. I'm aiming, you know, and squeeze as perfect as I can even I'm you know, shaking a little bit, Mm -hmm. but that's the whole exercise to make it challenging, make it challenging, making it hard. And, um, you know, it it actually has good, good results. Now, what's your, what's your favorite live fire? When I was practicing, um, what I tried to do is transitions. That's something I'm actually working on right now. Transitions from target to target. Mm -hmm. Instead of just one target, it's just moving as fast as I can to the second target, but yet not too fast that I'm missing my first target, if that makes sense. Sure. So it has it has to be it has to be in a you know your cadence. It has to be like bam bam moving bam bam. You see it's like and at the end four shots should sound like bam 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 bam. Do you know you before you go into a competition what your where your target stages? Yes. Yeah stages, there you go. My stages, yes. Um, well, it depends on the competitions. Most of the time when I go to local matches, I just show up and voila. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know now what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. In a big, big match, yes, you would know that. But that happens. I Maybe I go to two or three big matches a year. That's what I'm my plan for next year, maybe. But uh, local matches, I don't. So you have only five, maybe between five to six minutes, depending on the order of the shooters mm-hmm. for you to figure out what you need to do. All right. And now uh, you've got one coming up this weekend, right? Competition? Uh, well, yes, but this is a different competition. It's a special competition. Yes. <laughs> military yeah. Heroes Top Shot? It's a Military Heroes Top Shot competition. And this, awesome. Yeah, and this year, um, Eric Anderson from Season 2 is going to be there. 
and also Cliff Walsh from season three. Okay. So is this so, an official Top Shot sponsored event? History well, Channel? it is. It is technically sponsored for History Channel. Mm-hmm. History Channel uh, was very nice to allow this organization to use their their name and and, and use a Top Shot. Right. You know, and uh, basically what it is, uh, the Top Shot contestants were not the stars, not at all. The stars are the disabled uh, veterans. Sure. Yeah. Who are going to be um, shooting, they're going to be separated in three squads and the top shot contestants were going to be the team leaders, okay. but we're going to guide them for them to shoot and, and have fun. It's an amazing experience. We have a quad, quadriplegic shooters that they have such a amazing mechanism where the firearm is holded, right? And then mm-hmm. what they do is they blow in the straw. Yeah. And that's how you shoot. That's going to be and interesting. They, I'd like to see how it that is. It, it is. It is amazing. I remember last year I had uh, one of the, uh, I think he was a commander. I don't really know, you know. Don't the, know the ranks. Yeah, I wasn't. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. But um, this was, he was a quadriplegic and it was a 50 yard uh play rack and I looked at him and I didn't know I mean it was a very it was timed it was very challenging and I told him listen if you miss one don't worry just keep moving you know keep shooting at that one until you get it out because you're already aiming to for that one right and if we don't finish all six that's okay we need to get more points and he looked at me he said Gabby I got this I got all, all six <laughs> and, I, I, and, I, and you know that kind of oh my god I, my heart went just little, I don't know how to explain it. And I said, okay, let's do it. You know, I'm pushing him like, okay, you can do it, whatever. And he did. Yeah. And he, everybody was just jumping and so happy. And we have a strategy. Well, it's and- awesome that they have events like that for our wounded and disabled uh, military people because it, you know, it, keeps, it- them, keeps them in that mindset, you know, that they're not handicapped and they can still do things on their own. Actually, very impressed on how these events. I have another girl last year that um, she was very stressed. She she obviously has some issues and back issues, and she was stressed. And then I came out behind because she was kind of sitting down and you know trying to think and all that stuff. So I came from behind and trying to do a massage. You know, typical you come. <laughs> but at this point, I don't know everyone very well. And then somebody else from the organization pretty much moved their hands, like saying, stop, don't do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, all right, no problem. And they, then they explained to me that she did not like to be touched. Mm, and, yeah. you know, they Especially are somebody resistant. with a gun, you know. Exactly. And <laughs> you I'm ask like, permission okay. before you go up and touch somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm all right, whatever. So as the competition went on and on and on, uh, everybody was having a great time. We were doing great and all that stuff. And after the competition ended, she looked at me, she came to me, and she hugged me. Oh, that's awesome. Everybody was, like, in shock. Yeah, you kind of you <laughs> got started, her out of her shell, didn't you? And Yes, and then she started hugging everyone. And I was like, oh, everybody. 
the people that knew her were crying. I, I, I kind of started <laughs> crying just because of the emotion, no. the feeling that was around. It's something I can't even describe. So to me, when they told me, Gabby, you're going to come here next year, I said, yes, <laughs> definitely. I'm supporting this. This is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. We keep saying awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to our absolutely. <laughs> absolutely has been replaced by awesome. It's absolutely awesome. <laughs> but no, I mean, that is, you know, for you to, to donate your time and, and effort to do things like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it is amazing. It's great that you do that. I, I think, you know, my time is not even, I can't even put price with all the sacrifices that these guys and ladies have done, you know? Amen. So it's not even comparable. So to me, and, and you know, I actually appreciate a lot the, uh, the military, the, ver- the veterans, everything that they do. Like I told them, my fiance is in the military. And, and to me, I know that's a very difficult situation for me as a, in the future army wife and all that. But, you know, I'm there. I'm, I'm support and... And now I, I gotta don't. ask you this: Do you critique yes. his shooting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we know you've got a class you've got to head out to, so we'll we'll cut it back real quick. Thank you for coming on again, Gabby. We had fun in this short, abbreviated version of Gabby on Guns. Yes, thank you so much, guys. I had a great time. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So those are some good ideas she gave us, and then the the little Top Shot Military Heroes Top Shot. That's that sounds like I'm it's looking be fun forward too. to seeing what that's all about that sounds pretty cool now for this week's show that was just a segment of the show this is gonna be the cool fun we have segments yeah i i, I don't know are we a segmented <laughs> segmented it all depends on what happens when we're done we segregated? segregated no we're not show? segregated <laughs> oh lord but today's show is gonna be really fun we have we one hope. of the other top podcasts in itunes and in the world gun podcast it's going to be on the show with us. And that is going to be Paul and Jared Markle from Student of the Gun. Student of the Gun. So, without further ado, Paul and Jared Markle. How's it going, guys? What's up, fellas? It's going well. Hey, it's going fantastic. Thanks for having us on. I know we've been kind of teasing the audiences, uh, both yours and mine, for a while with this. But, hey, we finally did it. We, we made it happen. It. It's going to happen. It is happening. The hell am I talking about? What's going on right now? This is this is recorded live. So we'll we'll kind of roll into to our side of the show, and I know y'all got some things that would kind of fit in with your side of the show too. But we'll start off with our jack wagon train of the week. Hey, Ralph, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at eighth and nine. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So brace yourself, baby. Our jack wagon this week happens to be from Tennessee, and the sad thing is, this is a town I lived in when I was younger. So you know some of these people? And I know a lot of the people in this story, uh, but well, it's all over names. the national news. Well, I guess we could say names. But yeah, let's I'll say the names out. that are in there. All right. Long story short, there are some teenagers rolling a toilet and paper rolling And of course, you know, house. this time of year, a lot of that goes on. Yeah, I used to do it. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. I thought about doing it. I, I don't know. What were they rolling to again? To toilet paper. Rolling people's oh. houses. Oh, <laughs> okay. Trees. And, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not ecstasy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever done that before. No, not rolling no. doobage. So they're, they're rolling. And, and they might have been rolling doobage. The place too. where I rolled these houses 
was the place where this happened, which is ironic enough. So was this guy your principal too? No, this guy's the new principal, but I know the name. Okay. So, Anyways, kids are rolling a house. Two houses down, they're rolling their principal's house. Two houses down, this idiot comes out with a shotgun and starts shooting at these kids. And hits... It's not even his yard. Not rolling. even his yard. Not even close. Listen it over under? Uh, doesn't say. It may have done the Biden thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. He may have shot in the air, and that was just the peppering afterwards. No, no, no. That's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> but but that actually, it, it lodged in the kid's leg, so he had to been shoot directly at him. He got he got peppered, like, in the foot, in the hip, and so I guess it was this little, uh, probably, like, birdshot or something that yeah. he had in it. Yeah, but it was a 65-year-old man, Dale Bryant Ferris. He is our so uh, jack wagon of the week. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to call him out. Jack wagon man, he deserves to get called out. Because that's the thing that stinks. A lot of our jack wagons are the people that are anti-gunners, whether it's politicians or actors or media yeah. people. I mean, this is just a pure, but it can also, blatant, yeah, irresponsible it, act on this guy's yeah, part. Yeah, gun owners that do stupid it's, stuff to make us look bad. So. Kids doing their Halloween thing. This happens every time this year. Yeah, It's the egging. It's the TPN. It's the forking. You guys know what forking is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, but go ahead. <laughs> it's where you they go and they get the those plastic um little silverware forks. Yeah, forks and spoons and then they go and they just they just line your yard with it, just stab your yard with it. And you've got have, have you heard of the mashed potatoes? I don't know what they call that one, but have you heard about it? No, I it sounds awesome. Where you 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 take the the dry the box of dry mashed potatoes and you sprinkle them all over their lawn when it rains, it becomes <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I that's that. horrible. Gosh. I think Jared's going to get a contributing to the delinquency charge on him real soon. <laughs> yeah. That's almost as good as the people who put the uh, laundry detergent in the uh, the fountain downtown Nashville. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome, too. Yeah. I don't care who you are. That's funny. That's yeah, funny. So, so there's our jack wagon. Dale Bryant week. Ferris, welcome to the jack wagon train. And then, in contrast, y'all have got a segment, something about good guy or something yeah we got uh, well, we, we got our good guy of the week we do normally is we we uh we have a new one that we're uh we've been we've been uh i don't know if you guys ever get the someone uh slaps your hand via email about how not nice you are and you should be more respectful to people but uh, apparently no, uh some some folks out there don't like it that we use the term vagination <laughs> <laughs> or douche nozzle douche nozzle is awesome we use that we decided to start what only when it's appropriate we we've, we've only given one uh so far douche nozzle of the week award you really have I to think that have to be a douche to that your that jack one. wagon guy can he can get a dual award yeah both the jack wagon of the week and the official student of the gun douche nozzle of the week because i believe awesome. that he will very soon be seeing the inside of a jail and or prison yes because you cannot point guns at people and just shoot them indiscriminately sorry it doesn't work like that so tell us what happened oh well <laughs> no talk about the toilet paper thing <laughs> oh okay our guy okay but i thought you had a guy we get into case. the uh the good guy of the week we've kind of got something that goes along with the story that you guys just told and it's it's uh I'll let Dad go ahead and introduce it because I haven't actually got to read the entire story yet, and I don't want to ignorantly okay, speak. Well, all right, th yeah, thanks. It, we, we have do it all the yet time. another example of what happens when you take the advice of idiots. When you take the advice of fools such as Joe Biden, who could be who could get, I guess, a co douche nozzle of the week award if we want. <laughs> if we're feeling generous and giving that out, but a a woman has been charged. A woman in Virginia, a Virginia mom of now it says 
Now, here's the thing. Her daughter was being attacked. Okay. So she pulled out her, her legally carried gun and started shooting it into the air. Mm. Okay. Therein the problem lies. If you are genuinely, no kidding, in fear for your life, in fear for the life of another person, then you are genuinely justified if your bullets impact into those people. You cannot just launch bullets indiscriminately around the landscape. Negligent discharge. It's it's negligent. Yeah. And the the irony of this is, if she would have you know stated, I was in fear for my daughter's life. My daughter's being attacked by multiple attackers. Okay, that is justifiable deadly force. That's a disparity of force situation. If she would have put a bullet into those people and stopped them, she probably would be okay. Wouldn't wouldn't be tied but, up in court right now, would she? Right. Well, and the thing is, is when you start, when you do warning shots, this is what they'll do is an opposing attorney is going to say, if you really thought you were in fear for your life or that of someone else, you would have fired your gun at them. So obviously by firing warning shots negligently, you were not in fear for your life based upon your own actions. See, people, you're, people out there think that they're somehow being reasonable by doing that or that warning shots are somehow not deadly force. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, warning shots are – a warning shot is this. It is a negligent miss, and it, <laughs> you think that you're going to go to court – and you're going to throw yourself on the mercy and say, I just fired warning shots. The opposing attorney is going to say, no, you just stink. You're a bad shot. You meant to murder them. You just missed. Uh, you, you do not get away with warning. That's a, one of the worst things you could possibly do. You know, this is one of those situations where you say, well, what should she have done? Let him keep beating up her daughter? Well, no. But if she really legitimately thought my daughter is in, in fear of death or serious bodily harm, well, then she could have launched bullets into them. On the other hand... If you put yourself in a position where all you have is your empty hands and a gun, you're handicapping yourself because not every situation you're ever going to encounter is a deadly force shoot 'em up in situation. You know, we talked about this before. What are you going to do with the annoying drunk in Applebee's that won't leave you alone? You're going to whip out your six shooter and gun him down there? <laughs> I hope, you know. Well, if you put yourself in a position where all you have is empty hands and a gun, what are you going to do? And you know, that's why we recommend other stuff. We recommend the pepper spray. And, folks, I know pepper spray isn't perfect, but I can tell you this. The track record of people that I've, I've sprayed Jared, what? Oh, I've sprayed Jared. But uh, in, in addition to that, <laughs> Such a loving father. Yeah, yeah it sucks. In, in addition to that, other, I've, I've sprayed show. in excess of 300-plus people. And I've seen big, strong, grown men fall to their knees and scream just because they couldn't believe that the pain was so bad. Uh, the, the pain goes away, obviously, but my point is this. For, I, you know, and I tell somebody, like, would you rather go to court and spend $10,000 getting a defense attorney to get you off or spend $20 for a can of uh, Fox OC pepper spray? It, it, <laughs> that $20 can of pepper spray is going to seem awful cheap when you're sitting in court with your attorney who's charging you by the hour um, to you know, get you off on a justifiable here, use of force. Here's another thing that this lady's problem is. Obviously, she's not had any training with her firearm to recognize, you know, like, like you say, a, a life and death situation and what you do in those situations. So I, I guarantee you this lady panicked and not having the proper training didn't know really how to draw down on these people. I'd be curious to, to, to see if she's had any training whatsoever with her firearm. Well, that's what... Would you people know. default to? So she, you know, she's taken taken the stupid advice of our vice president and firing warning shots. 
You know, first thing that comes yeah. to her mind is I should fire warning shots, which, no, that's not what she should have done, obviously, and she's paying the price for it. And hasn't her daughter come up missing since this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they jailed her, and, and uh, so her daughter, you know, has run away. So w- when the story was aired or when the story was published, and the story's almost a week old now, and, uh, but when the story was published, yeah, she had been arrested, and she's dealing with this. Her daughter had to go live with her grandmother, and she like ran away. So she, she's all messed up now. Or she got abducted. But, one, I mean, she just she came up missing. And who's to say these guys weren't trying to abduct her at the time that her mother scared her? Yeah, off? We, we don't know. We who don't knows? know. But yeah, the worst thing, you know, and you get these. Well, first of all, Joe Biden should be held liable. They they should bring charge. Somebody should have the guts to bring charges against him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's I mean, talk that, about can negligence. You imagine, can you imagine a senator going out? And like your local state senator saying, "Hey, if you're ever scared, you just point the gun at the door and you shoot until they stop banging on your door." <laughs> really, Senator? Am I allowed to do that now? And, and I don't know, Jared, how many stories have we come up with since that idiot Biden's advice, where people did that thing and then ended up being arrested and charged? A lot. We we uh, at least three, maybe dude, four. Yeah, where that dude ended up getting arrested for shooting his shotgun in the air, just like Joe Biden said, and. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out exactly to the T. And uh, next thing he knows, he's locked up and he's on his way to jail. He even cited Joe Biden's advice as his reason for doing that. So awesome sauce, <laughs> awesome sauce. That's awesome sauce that you said awesome sauce. But you know that that's, <laughs> that story reminds me of the coolest sign I've seen in the last few weeks when it comes to gun rights and and protecting your house, where it said, "Due to the rising cost of ammunition." Warning shots will no longer be fired. <laughs> I love that song. Amen. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's hear your guys' good guy of the week on our uh, converse to our jack wagon. Okay. All right, Jerry, take it away. Ev- obviously, everybody that listens to us is a good guy, or most everybody. But this week's good guy of the week is Jeff Schneider. And uh, he's got a question pertaining to the hassle of having to use a public restroom while carrying a firearm. <laughs> he says... What do you do with your gun when you have to take a seat in a stall? He's heard of uh, taking the gun out of the holster, but he's also heard of stuff like hiding the gun in your pants. Uh, He wants to be enlightened by Paul and the rest of the crew here on what they would do if they were carrying and had to sit down on a toilet seat. And as you guys, we'll introduce you, uh, your talking lead guys. In case you haven't been listening to us, uh, we've been doing a student of the week question of the week for basically the entire time we've been running the show. And uh, Excess Sites, uh, they're one of our TV show sponsors. They've been with us for a long time. And we talked to them about doing, you know, kind of giving our, our people a little special uh, a special gift for the student of the week. And if you know anything about Excess Sites, they are the good guys. And they have black T-shirts that say Excess Sites in the front and across the back in big, bold, white letters. It says good guy. Well, if, you're, if your question is chosen... Uh, as, as the good guy or the student of the week, what excess sites will do, they will send you a package with a, you know, the T-shirt and a hat and stickers and patches and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so that's what our good guys of the week get. And that, it just helps people, you know, uh, feel like they're a part of the show and, and it encourages them to, to take a moment. And the reason that uh, we chose this this week is because this isn't the first person to either you know, either chuckle about it or make a comment on Facebook or something about what do I do? And guys, what happens when you have no frame of reference? You just start making it up as you go along, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And <laughs> what, good at that. 
<laughs> yeah, well, we find, but when you're when it comes to guns, if you start making it up as you go along, you know things happen, and you get either embarrassed or in jail or what have you. Costly mistakes. And yeah. The, well, what I do is quite frankly, if I go into uh, a rest stop, I always look for the the big ones like the Loves or the pilot stations or what have you on the highway because usually you can pick out one one of the one of the big luxurious handicap stalls, and a lot of times those guys have they have the uh, baby changing tables in there. That's inside the stall, and, and uh, that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite things is if I'm in there and it's got that either the baby seat to put your toddler in while you're doing your business, you know, or the baby changing table. Uh, you can you can put your Roscoe right there on the baby changing table. <laughs> nice. The uh, a lot of a lot of them are courteous, and they have those coat hooks that are right there, uh, either on the door or right next to you. The coat hook is always a good place to put it. Uh, as long as you're I, not hooking your trigger guard on it. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to hook your trigger on it. You know, be smart about it. But when it comes to handling guns or having to handle a gun in public in a non-tactical fashion, you know, administratively. Uh, one of the things that I always make sure that I'm doing, especially if it's a semi-automatic pistol, which I'm almost always carrying, is I make sure that I'm indexing my trigger finger, not just out of the trigger guard. You know, people, because if you start, if that gun starts to slip or shift in your hand, and you grasp it, even if your finger is technically, you know, out of the trigger guard, you're going to come down onto that trigger, and. The way I handle it's a, a gun. Neanderthal hand movement yeah, that you've been doing your lizard, whole life. It's a lizard brain thing. Uh, put your trigger finger up onto the ejection port. On, fe- actually, put it up so that you can feel the ejection port of your pistol. Whether it doesn't matter what it is, Glock, Car, 1911, whatever your favorite blaster is, get your finger all the way up there, and that is a positive index point that you know for a fact without even looking. You could do this in the dark that your finger isn't going to negligently sneak into that trigger. Because let's face it, nobody wants to pop off around in a stall in the Love's restroom uh, you know, off of Highway 40. Well, that's usually why I'm in there. I'm usually popping off some rounds. Uh, well, yeah. That, different kind that. of rounds. <laughs> Getting light on my feet. And, and, no, and the last thing is don't be like how many federal marshals have left their guns and toilets over the years. Uh, <laughs> It happens all the time, and unfortunately, well, yeah. funny, and I think it's funny because I'm a dude, but uh, female agents seem to have this problem with leaving their guns in stalls. Uh, so, yeah, just make make sure that you're not in a hurry to get out of there. You know, pat yourself down. Make sure you got everything you uh, <laughs> came in there with. took in there with you when you go out. Except the Ex- yeah. Stuff. Well, we've got a little you know, input on this guy, too. Left hand, you had some stuff that you do, right? Yeah, I mean, it was ironic that you guys, you sent us this question kind of letting us know what was going on before the show. And when I got the email, I was actually <laughs> ta- taking care of some business <laughs> at the local uh, academy. Um, I couldn't help but start giggling. But uh, I was like, hey, I, I should take a picture of this, but I didn't. Um but what I did in this particular situation is, uh, I think I think your guy had mentioned, you know, tucking it in your, you know, your pants between your legs right there. Mm-hmm. That's usually what I do. I mean, I, I carry paddle holster, so it's not, you know, attached to my, my belt, so I can take my whole holster off. So I take the whole holster off, and I just, you know, comfortably set it right in between my legs there while I'm doing my business and, you know, continue on. I've never had any problems, and it's right there, and you're not going to forget it. Don't yeah, you're ever, not going to forget it. Don't ever it. put it behind you, you know, on the, the seat behind you. Or if you. you forget it, you'll remember really fast. I don't know. Uh, I learned the hard way on that once. 
uh, where I, I pulled a, uh, uh, FBI or whatever and I left it. But fortunately, uh, somebody came right out after me. He's like, Hey, Hey, Hey. But yeah, I thought that was funny that you guys sent that. In. <laughs> My one question to Jeff Schneider, and I'm assuming he's a guy is we're named for a girl. I'm just making sure that he's not sitting down to pee. If he's sitting down to pee, he doesn't deserve the right to have the guy. Oh, oh, come on right. now. Why you got to go <laughs> it's there? It's just naturally assume that the man's doing the number two. Come now, on. If, if it's a female, then fine, you know, go for it. But, you know, guys, you know, hey. Well, that's, the, you know. But one of the things I do, yes, I do put it down in my boxers or whatever that's sitting there. Kinda, if I'm wearing boxers, you know, yeah. that day. <clears> commando, you on. just put it in between the, the pant legs. Yeah. Uh, the toilet seat covers, and this is another issue where you got to remember it's there. If you do have a paddle holster or something that has like hooks on it, like my inside the waistband holster has two little clips. Yeah. And you can just clip it right on the little toilet paper seat cover dispenser thing. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a good memory and you know, you're aware of everything that's going around you, I, you know, that's fine. But I just, I don't want to lose sight of it. I want no. to have it on my person the whole time. Hey, Zeke. Yes. If, if you're inside the waistband holster, it's not a crossbreed holster. You're, you need to fix yourself. <laughs> that's that's that is true. Is that, a sponsor? that is true. Thanks for checking us there, Jared. It, it looks just like a crossbreed holster. It was custom made. I wouldn't mind teeing shame. I wouldn't mind teeing in that holster yeah. for just such an occasion if they want to send us one. <laughs> we, 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 we know a guy. We, we, we know, know a guy at crossbreed. You tell you tell him for this specific subject, I will T and E that. Remember, they're recording too. So well, he, no, I'm recording. I'm sending them the copy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought they were recording also. We're doing it the easy way. Yeah. You got you. Let Zeke do it. I'm doing all the hard work. <laughs> That's what I do. Well, let's go into the questions for these guys. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we got a group of questions that we ask everybody that comes on the show. And we'll start with you, Paul, and then Jared, you answer right after. First one is, how did you originally get into firearms? Uh, good question. My, my uh, maternal grandfather introduced me to a Daisy BB gun when I was probably 11 years old. Uh we used to go to the cabin up on Lake Saginaw, or Saginaw Bay in Michigan, and uh, that's where I was. Because I was born in Detroit, and we lived in the city. So that's where I was allowed to use a BB gun, was up, up north of the cabin. And it kind of, that was it. The die was cast, and from that moment forward, I was hooked. It progressed. Everything, huh? I could, everything I could get about firearms, I started consuming, you know, magazines and what have you. So I guess I've been a student of the gun since I was 11 years old, at least. Do you remember what your first real firearm was what was absolutely it? my uh on my 18th birthday i got out of high school and i drove to the gun shop in worcester ohio i had probably 139 dollars burning a hole in my pocket and i bought a ruger <laughs> 1022 rifle do you still have it unfortunately no i don't have that particular gun uh when i was a, a young broke marine i sold it for 100 bucks and mm. but uh well, you didn't lose. I two do months. have. You still have what now? You were, who said what now? You said. No, you, I, I got. Still, the, I have two two uh, Ruger ten twenty twos now. This is not the original one. What about Jared? you, Jared? Uh, obviously, <laughs> I, I I got into guns. Your mother uh, got you because, into guns, right? <laughs> <laughs> because of my father, um, I'm actually I'm very lucky to have the father that I do and um, have the opportunities that he has given me. And basically, I. I don't even remember how old I was, probably six, five or six, when he took me to the range for the first time. But that's how I got into the that. And my first gun, I believe, I don't remember if I got the Glock before I got the AK. It was one of the two. It was how either Glock for my first or the AK. How old were you? Uh, 18. 
18. 19. Okay. No, see, that's the difference between having the dad that you have and the having, you know, our dads or Paul's dad. We had like hunting rifles, 10 22s. Like, yeah, when we it was were either eight. my Glock or my AK 47. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. which one. Was but it wasn't until he was 18, well, though, you know. So. Well, on the on the plus side or, or the downside, depending on how you look at it, I believe that, or I do not believe that he would give me anything that I didn't earn. And that, that teaches responsibility, obviously. But kids nowadays don't really understand that, no. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's Good like point. one thing I'm Good doing point. with my kids is they have BB guns now. And once they, well, actually, it started before that with their little toy guns. If you're pointing them at people and, I mean, yeah, there's... We let them go a little bit with the toy guns, but if they're getting over the top and they're not using the four rules that we've taught them, then okay, the BB gun's not going to come. Well, they did good with that. BB gun's there. Same thing. You know, you show us responsibility with this. Maybe when you're eight, nine years old, we'll get you a 10-22 or a little 22 rifle. Yeah. So you can if you get shoot both your eyes, eyes by yeah, the time you get, both your eyes are still left. <laughs> by the time you're yeah, 10, you'll get the your 22. Stick. Yeah. And yeah. they've got to show us responsibility growing with whatever bb gun toy gun airsoft rifle 22 and then kind of go from there of course my daughter already she wants to an ar <laughs> she's seven well we've had a lot of our listeners ask uh at what age they should get their children involved mm-hmm. with firearms yeah we've had that and, question too yeah and our answer is the younger the better is just teach them with firearm safety to start and then you know use common sense and go up to a bb gun or an air rifle and then move up the yeah every line. every kid's level of maturity is different so it's up to the the parent Absolutely. to gauge you know when they're ready for it like me there's no way there's I, no did, right I needed a, my own gun until you're, you're, I was you're least, not even mature enough now yeah i was <laughs> exactly. gonna say till i was like 36 and i'm 37 now so I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually i'm actually taking his guns away from him today yes <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us about your military law enforcement background. Uh, I became a, a United States Marine in 1987. I was in the uh, infantry. I was in the security forces battalion. I did uh, several overseas tours. And uh, I was in during the, the great Desert Storm slash Shield, or what we now know as Desert uh, the Desert War Part 1 or Gulf War Part 1. <laughs> part 1, yeah. Uh, we didn't know that it was going to be a Part 1 back then, but it's <laughs> what it turned out to be. Storm and Norman. And, uh, and, and if you guys remember anything about history of the early 90s, is uh, after that ended, they couldn't get people out of the military fast enough. They're like, okay, everybody needs to go. <laughs> and it, it I, I felt like at that moment in time, I had accomplished all I really was going to accomplish her, uh, in the Marine Corps. So I got out, I used my GI Bill, and I went to the police academy. I paid for my own police academy and became a police officer in uh, 91, 92. I completed the academy. And, but <laughs> the, the double-edged sword of that everybody getting out of the military thing was, oh, you, know, you go to take a civil service exam, and they had three positions open, and you had 487 people you know, taking a civil Flooded service the market, exam for, yeah. For, th- yeah, for three slots. And there was tons of guys just like me that were recently discharged military veterans had gone to the academy. Mm-hmm. They had that same idea as I did, strangely enough. And, you know, so I, I started taking part-time work. I, I worked for small, I worked for a lot of small uh, municipalities in Ohio. And while I was doing that, I actually had I'd taken professional uh, executive protection or bodyguard training, uh, actually way back when I was young, when I was 19, 20 years old. And so I started working as a, a, a full-time bodyguard. And I had, I actually had a really cool police chief in Ohio. He knew that there wasn't as much work as he could give me. So he let me uh, keep my commission. And if I got a, a, a contract to go away and do bodyguard work, I would do it. And then when I would come back, 
know, I'd say, hey, I'm back in town. But he gave me that time off, and, and I really appreciate that even to this day. But uh, so, yeah, I did the, the police thing. I did, I've done the, I've been a professional bodyguard, a U.S. Marine. All right, so and some I, I want to hear a really cool bodyguard story. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm not going to give you any like I caught Whitney Houston snorting, <laughs> damn, off of a, off of a butt or something like that. Yeah, you can tell us that story I, off air. Okay, I'm not going to give you that stuff. Oh, uh, I I learned a, a real valuable lesson about uh, practicality when I was working for this one family. They the uh, the 14 year old daughter bought a got a puppy, a Shih Tzu puppy, and and almost immediately, like within a week, they went on a Caribbean vacation, and and you know when. People that have bodyguards, when they go away on vacation, you don't just, like, lock the house and leave. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people have to be there. The bodyguard, you know, security is still there on the family's property and what have you. Right. Well, one of our tasks was uh, you need to take Bailey out to go potty once every two hours. The you know, just so, so he can learn. Okay. I open the door, and I'm like, come on, come on, come on out. And it's standing there looking at me like like I'm the idiot, which I probably was, you know, to him. And... Uh, <laughs> So I'm like, well, I don't have all day to stand here and wait for you to walk out. So I reached down, scoop him up, put him under my arm, and he peed all over me, all over oh. the shirt. That, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'd been on, I was on a 12-hour shift, and I'd been there for maybe an hour. So you know what I learned? Always keep an, a spare shirt. <laughs> is, that, is that what came from that? Okay, it's awesome. <laughs> Always keep a spare well, shirt. Not, not don't pick up an untrained dog. Trying to get him to go, <laughs> go to potty. That, that was because you know, I'm going to pick that sucker up and get him out the door. <laughs> if you guys know anything about purebred dogs, they pretty much breed all the intelligence right the smack out of them. Yes, and they you know breeding with your cousins for five generations kind of does that to you. Uh, but <laughs> one of our guys actually went over to, and this is like a year or two yet later to take him out, and the dog had a seizure on him out there, oh. and all he could think was, "I'm going to be the guy who was there when the dog died." And that's not a conversation you want to have with the client. Yeah. But th- th- we ER'd him to the uh, veterinarian, and he ended up surviving. So it, was, it, it worked out. Did you tell the owner? <laughs> oh, yeah. And they you put him on the special. Owner. Oh, you know how it is today. They put him on special puppy medication and, you know, $500. Throw throw now, be honest. Yeah. If, if he had died, would you guys have gone out and tried to find one that looked just like him or spray painted <laughs> one? I think there was some talk about getting a spare that looked exactly like it. You know? It was already in the works, wasn't it? Yeah, teaching it its name, Plan so it B. Call, you called it, and all that. What about you, Jared? Any military law enforcement? Uh, yeah, the Salvation Army. No, actually, at, at this moment in time, I don't have any military experience or um, law enforcement experience uh, in You've the got future. To vicariously to say through that, your father, though. It, yeah. Yeah, I learned a lot from him. <laughs> got some combat experience? Yeah, I, I got some combat experience. I uh, I did mixed martial arts for a number of years, and uh, I've had what what did I have four four professional fights, I think. Cool. Yep. Before your shoulder injury, I didn't know yeah. that about you. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, now you know a little secret, I guess. Did you have one of those like cool wrestling names, or was it you know legit mixed martial arts, Jared Markle? Uh, it was actually I didn't have a nickname. Jared the Karate Chop Markle. Did you yeah. just say the Karate Chop? Yeah, the Karate Chop. <laughs> the Karate Chop. I'm taking I'm taking suggestions for a nickname. Okay, we'll, we're going to come up with one. We'll do a poll. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah. All right, so listeners, uh, that that's uh, that's one of our. Uh, well, it's not going to be a contest, but we'll, we'll we'll throw a poll up on the website. Yeah, we want, we want you guys to chime in. MMA on. name be. 
Oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> we we had His martial we had a, name. a very long thread about my nickname because ha, have you ever watched mixed martial arts of any short? Oh any, yeah, like yeah. UFC or anything. Oh, I took yeah. jujitsu for a whole summer. <laughs> okay, do, do you know who Fedor Emelianenko is? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, well, they they call me Little Fedor because I fought like Fedor. Well, so you'll favor a little too. Have <laughs> well, it, it's not just when I all right, let me jump in here so it doesn't sound like Jared's tooting his own horn. <laughs> it, it it wasn't just Jared. It was all right. Jared's his uh, fighting coach down here in Mississippi is a guy named John Dixon, and he's a martial arts Hall of Famer. And uh, John Dixon, when they were when he was fighting. He told all the other the assistant coaches. He says he goes. He, he looks like he like a little Fedor, and so all, all of the all the uh, the upper belts and all the guys start around the gym started calling Jared Fedor. Well, after Jared fought one of his fights, one of the one of the guys uh, you know posted a video of it or something, and he he put something about you know little Fedor, and oh, you'd have thought he just like called the Pope Jewish or something. People were all, oh, how dare you make that you know. Who do you think you are to call yourself that? And, yeah. and it was, you know, and it was, it was, you know, a respect thing that Jared's instructors and coaches and his fellow fighters uh, had done. It wasn't right. anything, you know. Jared didn't decide to call himself Little sure. Fedor, but oh man, yeah, it was like it was like you know, the world was going to end because of that. Uh, you know how it, Facebook people are. Those damn it, MMA guys are touchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if any of you guys are listening, I just want to say "os." That's our that's our word. Os. Oos. Oh. Oos. Is that kind of like, ooh, raw? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. except for more manly. <laughs> that was Zeke who did that, by is way. more manly than ooh, raw. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of ooses. So the third question, and before I say it, I will have to say I'm having to snap myself out of this, this interview because I listen to y'all's show, and I've got my headphones on. So as I'm listening to Paul talk, I forget that we're actually in the co-show. <laughs> And I'm thinking I'm listening to the podcast. I'm like, oh, crap, we're actually still on here. He's also drinking uh, cider ale, too. Yes, the uh, Angry Orchard, which is awesome, awesome stuff. And Carol, I got Angry Orchard, Carol, if you're listening, because it is (laughs) gluten-free, and I'm Uh, not doing the gluten thing. (laughs) Maybe that could be her cheat food this week. Yeah, there you go. It's it's cheat day, guys. Oh, nice. Cheat day so, Wednesday. So the third question, when it comes to pop culture, whether it's movies, a TV show, a video game, a song, a music book. video, a book, if it involves firearms, what's your favorite? What's your go-to? Well, um, I'm going to go, I've got a favorite game and a favorite movie. Uh, if you, Have you guys ever seen Black Dynamite? Mm-mm. No. Uh, shame on <laughs> you. Is that one of those black exploitation <laughs> films? It, it's it's a pretty funny movie. It's kind of like writing a, it down. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I'm I don't not think sure. so. Uh, no. it, yeah, but anyway, look it up. You can. I think they have it on like iTunes or something. It'll be on IMDb. You can look it up. Yeah, find out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But anyway, that that's my favorite. So tell me about the movie. Viral. You got to tell us about the movie. What is it? I, I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay, it's it's like a the premise, a parody. It's like a Bruce Lee kind of parody it's, movie. It's a parody of the nineteen seventies black exploitation films. Only it was just made like two or three years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's a modern black sport. Yeah, it, the, the, the producers are like, we're going to make fun of the 1970s. And if you're old like me, and you actually remember when those movies came out, or when, oh yeah, when I was a little kid living in Detroit. They were doing black exploitation movies for real, you know. <laughs> well, if, if it's a parody, filmed them, wasn't it? Is if it's a parody of that, they're gonna they've got a lot to live up to with uh, "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." 
That's oh like, yeah, that's yeah. one of the best it's, parodies of that stuff. Yeah, we we were laughing. We were watching that in the team room up at uh, Tactical Response because I made a com- I made a comment. James <laughs> we watched it when we were there too, <laughs> dude. Yeah. You, so you know, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I made a comment about and James is like, oh, he, he said something about Black Dynamite, and Jared and I are like we have. He's like, stop. Here's what you're gonna do. Go back to the team room. He's. I don't care what is in the the DVR. You know, you just pull it out and tell them that you're watching Black Dynamite because that is your homework assignment for the night. <laughs> <laughs> so we did, and we laughed so hard. That I think we missed, you know, thirty percent of the movie over our laughter. Over the laughter, yeah. Well, we uh, had we had a similar instance when we went to Fighting Pistol because Left Hand here had never seen Super Troopers. Holy oh, crap! Really? What? So no, never saw so it. everybody in the class. Well, they inc- kept making references to that inc- that movie the day before, and I was like, "What?" Man. What? Yeah. <laughs> and James pretty much like he did you. He's like, "All right, here's your homework assignment, dude." So we said, "Meow." When you get back, you're meow, gonna have right. to watch this movie, meow. meow. And and uh, we, we did. We made him sit down and watch the whole thing. Smile, <laughs> dimbly, bimbly. <laughs> <laughs> Jump from limb to limb. Oh. So, yeah. so you said you had a game, game too. too. Yeah, what's that? Oh, uh, Call of Duty, obviously. Right. Yes, sweet. Yeah, I, I haven't really got to play it lately uh, as much as I'd like, but that's one. That's my favorite. Man, game. we got on last. I got to tell you this. We got on last night, and uh, we went to. We played Modern Warfare Two. We, we put it in, and they played this game. It's called uh, uh, what is it? Michael Myers. Yeah. You ever heard of that? Nope. No. So what you do is you've got one person that's designated the Michael Myers, and then everybody else is basically you go and hide on the map. And Michael Myers, it's like hide, hide and seek. And he goes, <laughs> and you can only use knives. And the people that Michael Myers is hunting for the first, like, four minutes, they can't stab or anything. All they can do is run away from you if, if he finds you. And all Michael Myers can do is stab you. And then can, one can... Is Michael Myers go slow? No, everybody. <laughs> Does he walk really slow. Everybody's got you know their speed builds on, you know, mm-hmm. so they're the lightweight and and all that. So it's funny to watch, especially if you were like the first ones killed because you can do those those overhead cams and mm-hmm. watching them chase each other because they got marathon on and you know it's just it's hilarious <laughs> to watch them run around the map. But wow. that's the first time I'd ever done that. I guess in honor of Halloween, um, yeah. a big bunch of us have been playing that. But I had to throw that in there. So See, Call of Duty, I need your I need your gamer name, dude. We need to hook up. Well, it's it, our gamer name is 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 Zachary's. We'll give it to you off air. Otherwise, yeah. I have five thousand things. But yeah, uh, yeah, we. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny you you mentioned that, and I I know there are a lot of people in our our industry that like to poo poo that and say how you know it, it's childish. And, but well, dude, let me tell you what I worked with a cadre of. <laughs> 50 uh, professional small arms and tactics instructors when I was working for the military a couple of years ago. And at least 50% of the guys were Call of Duty guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, and 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 then, you know they're like, oh, that's for posers, and that's for like, <laughs> actually not, no. <laughs> it's for fun, is what it's for. <laughs> the, the, the dudes, that, I mean, the, all the dudes that I worked with were all they were either you know Marines or SF or SEALs or you know pararescue guys. I had one buddy of mine who was a pararescue guy, and he he this dude had had three combat jumps behind enemy lines to rescue pilots, and he was going on at night, you know, 
fighting against nine-year-olds. On- <laughs> <laughs> and the nine-year-olds were kicking his ass, I'm sure. <laughs> Using their modded controllers. What's wrong with him? And I bet you he was letting those little nine-year-olds get to him, too. <laughs> and, well, he, you know, it's funny. He was telling Go me how bed. his wife would castigate him about using foul language and, you know, being in the, come in the other room. I get the same thing. I get the... I had, you have to close the door to the to the family room so I can't hear you saying foul language. <laughs> but we we are a, we are a, a family friendly show, so we don't use foul language on this show. Yeah, we are too. We well, we if we let them slip, we bleep them at least. Yeah, I found a bleep on Audacity that sounds like a turd dropping in the toilet. So, <laughs> well, ice in, in honor of our uh, gun question, yeah. where you put your yeah, gun there you, you go. go take a dish. Uh, there you go. So, Drop Paul, what's your uh, go-to movie TV show that involves guns or game oh. or book or whatever? And, well, and you, since we said book, you're not allowed to say student of the gun. Oh, well, uh, oh wait, TV show student of the gun. <laughs> yeah, student of the gun. yeah, there you go. Rewind. Well, you, you, you don't want to be cliche, but you know, I used to, to sit around the recruiting office when I was in the Marine Corps, and I was working and watch Full Metal Jacket and just laugh. Oh yeah, and and, and it amazes me. You know, the kids, kids, if you haven't seen Full Metal Jacket, you need to do it. You need to sit down, be quiet, and watch that movie. It's actually two movies, so it's a bonus. You get the first one and then the second one. <laughs> Uh, John Wayne, is that you? Yeah. Now, I guess my other one would be uh, Boondock Saints. Boondock oh Saints, man, one of my all-time oh, favorites. One and two, or just one? Two um, was a one. flop. It was still yeah, good, two, though. It was horrible. It was horrible. Oh, it was. It was, it, was the Saints, jail. When they announced it, I almost had a a, a gun gasm. Gun <laughs> And then all of a sudden, it comes out. I went the day it opened up, and halfway through it, I was like, "You've got to be bleeping me." <laughs> Yeah. This is crazy. Oh, yeah. It was pretty bad. Uh, it's sad. But, you know, our, our boy Norman Reedus. <laughs> yeah, from Walking from Dead. From Walking Dead, which has started again. Mm-hmm. So we're on the third episode of season four. Yeah, has it, like that. Did it get good again, or are they still well, what they're, they're building up. Each episode is getting more and more intense and, and epic. So, you know, the first one, they're, they're kind of laying the, the story out, where they've been for the last whatever, and... Character building, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, look at you throwing out the technical terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched uh, Talking. Was it Talking Dead afterward? Yeah. It, so I'm stealing all that from them. That, that's what they said. <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's getting more and more intense. So yeah, you got. We're still check trying it out. to get them to let us come on Talking Dead as Talking Lead. So. I mean, if they're going to let I Marilyn mean, Manson on there oh, and that Osborne Lord. kid on there, they got to let us we, on there. We, we want to go on there just to say, hey, look, if you're going to put a, a aim point sight on a rifle and use it, make sure it's not backwards. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to use our name, uh, yeah, if you're going to spoof off our name, you know, at, least, at least have some Yeah, show. no kidding. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Good Lord. We at least some royalties. See, did you guys <laughs> see that? Oh, was it last year, Jared, when the... The the guy had the EOTech mounted backwards on his AR. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we were talking Hit about. The aim point, yeah. No, it was an EOTech. Was it an EOTech? Because it because it was like shaped like an L. It, I think you know? that's yeah. a different show. No, this is this is actually a real, There's... actual, genuine police officer, and it was one of those you know suspect at large things, and they were taking you know the. the oh, news this was a real pictures. show. I know what he was, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, he was leaning over the hood of a police car, and and. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And and the EOTech was was on the rifle backward. <laughs> no wonder he couldn't hit anything. And he's like, man, this this thing's like they see the dot. great, but I don't know. I can't see the dot. All I can see is this red reflection back in my face. 
Uh, All right. So our next question is, has there been or is there a gun in your collection that maybe even just a little bit of you is ashamed to say that you that you own or have owned me no the answer is absolutely no i'm an american i don't need to make excuses (laughs) okay i I second that motion (laughs) on your bucket list of guns what is next what's the next gun you just you you can't wait to get that gun Mm. well for me i'm gonna go first on this one is that all right Send it. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Do it, Jared. I don't right. know. He for might me, spray you with pepper spray. I, <laughs> don't do that. I won't be able to talk for like an hour. But anyway, I haven't even got to shoot this yet. And dad has one, which is which is messed up. But I want this the Sentry Arms M92 pistol. I want one of those. I've seen it. Yeah. They're, uh, apparently, it's pretty, pretty cool um, from what I've heard. I'll, I'll school you. Like well, hey, for those of you who... Um, Apparently didn't get our newsletter this week. Shame on you. But uh, you, you know that uh, Century Arms is bringing in all these these Serbian AKs, the uh-huh. the PAPs, right? And they've been bringing in the long guns for a while. Well, they have a a pistol version, and hmm. you know, I've I've shot pistol caliber ARs and AKs before, and 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 you know they're cool and they're and they're neat to pose with pictures, you know, for pictures and show your buddies. But from a practical standpoint, not usually so much, especially the AKs. You know the seven six two by thirty nine AK pistols are, as you can imagine, quite a handful. Yeah. And when they came, when Century came out with this new modification on it, they put a crink off muzzle brake on it, and because usually they're just a straight crown muzzle, hmm. you know, and they put a crink off brake on the front of it, and I was like, ooh, I'm liking that. Oh wait, I have seen these. Then, yes. Then they put. Yes. What's that? I said I have seen. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. When you said that. Yeah, and then and then they uh, they put that new. Uh, what are they calling it? The SB forty seven stabilizing brace that uh, the ATF has approved six as a stabilizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The six. So, hour well, brace. Sig's got theirs on the on the ARs, and Century is putting them on AKs now. Okay. And uh, cool. We t- I took that gun out to the uh, range last week and shot uh, about two hundred and fifty rounds through it. I shot it until the until the, I could feel the heat coming through the wooden handguards. So you loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that that crinkle break on there is, it's it. So uh, that brace it, actually works. I mean, it's actually viable, sturdy. Yeah. It doesn't slide around and move. No, it doesn't. It doesn't slide around. It doesn't it's sloppy or anything. And that's been my only hesitation kind of, about those because I. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, mm, I gimmick, don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But no, thinking. I'm telling you guys, and you know the 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 base gun is around six hundred some dollars, and then another hundred. You know, plus for the the brake and the stabilizer, but yeah. you know, for an eight hundred dollar investment, uh, it's it's a, it, it actually turns an AK pistol into something practical that you could actually shoot and enjoy shooting, oh, as dudes. opposed to just posing for pictures. Very tell, cool. tell him, tell them what go what fits on it. Oh yeah, that, absolutely right. Uh, uh, the the one thing that I had, the one thing I didn't really like about it was. The sights, not that they weren't functional, but that they were just kind of, it was kind of tough to pick up. And the, the sight configuration is built around the original AK sight configuration. So what I was able to right, do right. After, I, after my first range session was take one of the excess, excess sights tritium inserts and remove the original drum and post and replace it with the excess sights version. So now... It's got an excess sights front sight that is very easy to pick up and see very under cool. all light conditions. So yeah. So you've already got this weapon. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, he does, but but I don't. Okay, so that's the <laughs> one you. <laughs> I got you. Very cool. I, I'm a little jealous. I guess I could say that. Well, I'm 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 kind of going to be adding that one to mine. I think also I'm going to check it out. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you, you bet. I would if I was you, I would get on the list quick because by once once the cat gets out of the bag, they're going to be selling them out quick. Yeah. So just go to Century Arms. Yep, Century Arms. Gotcha. We'll check that one out. All right, Paul. So, what's your bucket list gun? Hmm. <laughs> the like right now today, if you could get it, what would it be? Dude, I'm telling you, I'm I'm sitting here. And, First thing uh, came to your mind. What was it? Well, I was I was actually thinking about another Barrett rifle, but okay, which one? I'd like to get my hands back on a uh, an M82A1. So you had one. Well, I did a T and E on one for a okay. magazine article about seven years ago. Because that's our next question: is believe it or not, they don't just let you keep those. They don't. You have to actually no. return them. Yeah, they kind of make you. They want you to send them back. Oh man, we got a couple coming too, so we got to give our T and E's back, man. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking they're going to want those back or a check for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, well, I think we got that alternative. Uh, <laughs> So that was our next question was, is there uh, a gun in your collection that if you could get it back, what would it be? So Truthfully, you, you it would probably be my first, uh, my first 1022. You get that 1022 back? Yeah. What about you, Jared? I am going to hold on to mine tight. I'm not letting yeah, him never, though, So He hasn't had to give one up yet. Nope. Does oh, he get, never does, had one that you Does he get hand-me-downs? Paul, <laughs> hey Jared, where, where's where's my custom J frame? Oh. What custom J frame? <laughs> yeah, I, I got a nice custom J frame with excess big dot. You know, on uh, it's actually on my ankle right now. It's on his ankle right now. Yeah, yeah. So that answers the hand me down question. And that, that that could also lead into something else we haven't done in a while. EDC check. There we go. What you got? Go with you first, Paul. Actually, let's go with Jared. You already told us your ankle carry. What you got on right now? All right, I, I, I crossbreed holster. With my Glock in it, I got a G23 with a nine millimeter version barrel, excess sights on top, obviously. Um, I got a, a stainless steel pin that has a fire starting kit in it. It's pretty cool. I got a knife. Uh, what else? I got flashlight. Let what me check my pockets here. I got a, a cold steel on right now. Cold steel. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is, but it's black and it's cool. So. There you go. It what else do I got? I got my Jared got a new Jared got a new Cold Steel knife out of the package of that I got from Cold Steel. How <laughs> did <laughs> that happen? I think that was addressed to Jared and Paul. <laughs> we were recording the radio show a couple Paul weeks and ago and a UPS pulled up and he's like, What is that? And I opened the box and he's like, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's going with me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. Y'all got any hookups with uh, someone with a cool karambit? I want to get a karambit so bad. Cold Steel has uh, a nice karambit. Cold like, Steel probably has one, and Blackhawk probably still makes one. The Fox one is the you one want I want. You want a fixed plate? No, the, the the Fox one that has the... It's got like a little tooth on it where, yeah, where you, when you pull it out of your pocket, it deploys automatically. It's actually a pretty slick little knife, but it's also about five 600 bucks. Yeah, I saw one. I was watching a video from Cold Steel the other day, and they had like a, a knife that had a huge blade on it. But it did the same thing. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool and it was sharp. Yeah. They were cutting everything with it. Yep. So what are you packing, Paul? Uh, generally, uh, I've got the uh, Car P forty five on or a Glock nineteen, uh, both obviously in crossbreed holsters. 
and uh, I'll keep a, a, a spare 380 secreted on my body in some at some form or fashion, and a flashlight and a uh, pocket lifesaver kit, and obviously a knife. You're not uh, talking no. about the candy when you say pocket lifesaver kit. No, no, I'm Just talking about sure. the one that that like can help stop you from dying while you're right. waiting for the ambulance to show up. Just want to make sure. Yeah, I, I forgot about. I I have one too, but I forgot about it. So, sorry, Jared. Tell them what's what's new and cool about the pocket lifesavers. Oh, we actually just pocket got a new savers. Yeah, do, have you guys seen that? We we no. sell a thing called a a pocket lifesaver. Mm-mm. All right, we we've got a tourniquet in there. There's some gauze, uh, a, a roll of duct tape, and then a na- NPA nasal pharyngeal airway. Have you ever heard of that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, we those are the those cover the big three, um, major blood loss, the airway, and then the uh, like the punctured lung and stuff like that. So, right, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember the technical term. Quick, help me out. Pneumothorax. Yeah, yeah pneumothorax. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys been through a T Triple C class or are you the EMTs? My degree is sports medicine and biology, and I was a clinical director for a general practice clinic for that wasn't his question. five years. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a question? No, he was asking okay. our medical experience. No, he well, said, I have got you, you been through a training course? No, I, yeah, actually, I, yeah, I have. He doesn't well, want your resume. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have been through a, a combat medic training course. Look at the big brain class. on Brad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well the, the reason that and I'm, I'm kind of surprised you guys don't know, know about this because we took a whole bunch of grief over it but uh, you know uh, when I was in, when I joined the Marine Corps in 87 they were, back then during the Cold War era the US military whether it's Army Navy Marines whatever they were not thinking that they were going to win the next war with ground troops in their minds in the 70s and 80s they were going to win the next war with ICBM missiles and nuclear-powered submarines and stuff like that. So they, there wasn't a lot of hard focus on how do we train the warfighter. It was like, yeah, we'll train them, but we're not going to spend a lot of extra money on these guys. And it's nothing like it is today. And our medical training was essentially the, the Red Cross Family First Aid approved stuff, and we carried a semi-worthless kit, It was and it was generic. It was just there for the medic when the corpsman came up he would have something else to use on you because he knew where your little pouch was. And today, that's completely different. When we deploy troops overseas to combat areas, whether they're Navy or Air Force or Marine Corps or Army, what have you, they all go through the Tactical Combat Casualty Care Program. And that's one of the programs that was uh, in the school, the Expeditionary Combat Skills School that I taught at. And, and I taught, that was one of the things that I taught was TCCC. And, you know, we're teaching 18, 19-year-old kids uh, to to stopgap life-threatening injuries on themselves, on their buddies, while they're waiting for the medical professionals to show up, because that's what we teach these kids. There's no more of this old Vietnam-era movie stuff where you just lay on the ground holding your legs screaming corpsman or medic or whatever. They expect you <laughs> just, yeah, they expect, you know, and that's where everybody learned how to do that was by watching movies, you know. But uh, <laughs> they expect you today that if you're bleeding, you're expected to start doing something about it. None of this just scr- wait for someone else to fix you. Yeah. It's self-aid, buddy aid, professional aid. Well, my, my point is this. is you know, I thought, I'm thinking if we can teach uh, you know, an 18 or a 19-year-old military, private, E1, if we can teach them to do this, why in the world can't a person who is qualified with, for a CCW permit 
or who keeps a gun at home and has a family and a career, mm. why can't they learn this? Right. It's not some kind of voodoo magic that's passed down through, you know, special forces operator training. This is and this is something that, uh, you know, an 18-year-old kid who's been in the Navy or the Army or whatever for, you know, six months can learn. You can learn it, too. And the pushback we got is we have a program through Student of the Gun University called Beyond the Band-Aid. And it essentially teaches you how, the, how to stop gap the three uh, critical injuries that can make you die before an ambulance has the opportunity to show up and start, you know, fixing you. Let, let me get some and, outside, outside uh, put input here for a second. Zeke, you said you took medical training and everything, right? You had a, yes. you gave us a resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long, if if you get your artery cut, a major artery, say your femoral artery, how long do you have to survive? I think yeah, it should be go. like two, two or hey, three minutes. minutes. Le- left hand got it. There you go. Yeah. Two to three minutes. It's, yeah, and so there now everybody that's listening knows procedure. that Dad and I don't just make things up. It's actually true. Yeah. But anyway, finish, finish your story. Yeah. Well, and, no, so what we did, and, you know, we've been through the training. Jared's been through the training. And, and just about everybody who's been through TCCC has a kit. They've got, you know, what the operators call a, a blowout kit or a ventilated operator kit or whatever you want to call it. But, it, you know, it's, it's a relatively large kit that you keep on your armor, you keep it on a pack, you keep it somewhere. Well, after the Boston bombing, I, I had to take a hard look at what we're doing, whether it's practical or not, because, and if you talk to guys that, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, dude, I got an awesome, you know, I got a trauma kit, and it's in the trunk of my car, it's in my pickup truck, it's, you know, hanging on the, the back of the, the, the door in my house. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's great, but you're, you're in, you know, wherever, you're out in public, and you're at a parade with your family, and something goes bang, and now your wife is laying at your feet, and there's massive amounts of blood pumping out of her leg. Right. And yeah. your awesome kit is in a truck 380 yards away in a parking garage. That kit doesn't do you any good. That's like having, I've got a gun in a safe at home, and I'm in a parking lot, and I'm being robbed. That gun in the safe at home doesn't really help me. So what we set out to do was to come up with a, a kit that was small enough to keep either in a back pocket, a cargo pocket, uh, something, or, you know, if you're a lady in your purse and, and it wouldn't be obtrusive, it wouldn't be something that's so big or so bulky that you wouldn't carry it. It's an everyday carry kit. Mm-hmm. And we had to, you know, we addressed the big three. Okay. Major bleeding. What can you do? I mean, if a guy's got a, you know, bullet through his aorta, sorry, bro, you're out. I'm, I can't help you. Um, but you know, if he's got a major bleed in a limb, I can help him. Uh, if he's got, if he's unconscious and we have to maintain an airway, people are like, well, you got to maintain an airway. Yes, you do. Well, how do you maintain an airway on an unconscious patient if you're working on his leg and it's just you? Well, you put a freaking airway in him. That's what you do. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that's, that's funny is people, they, they laugh or they chuckle about the mini roll of duct tape. Well, what they don't know is that every, you know, ventilated operator kit, every blowout kit that's issued to troops going overseas and has been for years and years has many rolls of duct tape. And all our guys, you know, the troopers, they use it all the time. And, and people here in the States don't, you know, they're like, oh, well, what do you think you're doing, going to combat? Well, you know, bleeding to death on the side of a road from a rollover car crash in Arkansas and getting blown up by an IED in Afghanistan uh, if your leg is severed, your body doesn't care where on planet Earth It doesn't matter how it got severed. Yeah. yeah, bleeding to death is bleeding to death. And, it, we, you know, it, people, you know, they'll carry guns and they're like, oh, yeah, 
I got this blaster and I got this and it's got hydroshocks in it and all that, you know. And we're, and you bring up a medical kit and they're like, what do you think you are? Some kind of a, a doctor or, you know, you're <laughs> trying to play doctor? And I look at him like, are you trying to play policeman? <laughs> That's my God-given right to carry a gun. I'm like, okay, knucklehead. So do you not realize that good guys can and do bleed out as well? What are you going to do if it's one of your loved ones? And, and it doesn't have to be shooting. It could be like... You know, high-speed car crashes often result, and as a policeman, I can tell you, in partial or complete amputations of limbs. Yeah. And you say, well, the ambulance is on its way. Okay, fantastic. And uh, the ambulance will be here in seven minutes. Your, uh, your if you're lower, lucky. <laughs> yeah, your brachial artery is severed. Go. What do you, you know, go. Sticking in in three minutes, you're going to be bled to irreversible shock, and it doesn't matter if they show up with a 55-gallon drum of whole blood. You're never going to come back. So what do we do? You know, we have everyday carry guns, and the chances of you needing a medical kit, hopefully, where, you know, if you don't live in the, you know, in the jungle or in Atlanta, um, hopefully <laughs> you won't need a gun as often as you'll need a medical kit. That's but, what I was going to uh, say. You probably have more of a chance. Well, you definitely have more of a chance to need your medical kit than you ever would your gun. Well, and, and, and the last thing I'm going to throw out there, and this is something that was, that was put in a little coin that was put into my pocket by uh, – Jaeger, he said he started carrying medical gear when he was a, a, a cop because he would come up on these crashes and there would be people standing around and they'd run up and they're like, oh, I'm, an, I'm a nurse, can I help? Or I'm a doctor, can I help? And he'd say, yeah, you can help. Well, they never had anything with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he started carrying a bag just full of stuff. Hand and it to him and say, here, go at it. Yeah. yeah. He would throw it to him and say, here, fix them. Brilliant. It is. And I'm not we, the we expert, took- but somebody else is here. <laughs> We, we took a lot of crap uh, in the beginning about the tourniquet that we were using in the kit, which was the TK4. And it's, it's not the best tourniquet, but for the size of the – we wanted to put something in there that you would actually carry and put in your pocket. Do you all use and the, the t- latex tourniquets? Is that what you all are putting no. in there? No, well, no, 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 no. The, yeah, tell, the one we've got right now was recommended to me by a, a good friend of mine who's a uh, Army Special Forces team sergeant, and it's called the RATS, the Rapid Action Tourniquet System, or RATS. And uh, it, it's, 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 you know, it's a flexible thing, and you have to take a look at it on the website, but it is you can roll it up and put it in a kit, and you can actually carry it with you every day uh, all the time. And you know that's what we were looking for. So we just actually upgraded the kit. We removed the TK4s, and we inc- include this uh, RATS tourniquet in there now. And we think it's uh, going to be a little bit better for, uh, for our customers. And- did did cool. you see the question that we got? The what? The no, question. did we get a question? Yeah, we got a question about it. It, it said, were there any studies done on this particular tourniquet? And... Uh, I'll not say my thoughts, but you can go ahead and say yours. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I know that there are plenty of of tourniquet studies out there, and you know, as far as well, like, on this particular tourniquet. on this particular one, yeah, I, I don't believe so. It, it's actually a pretty new item. It's only been out a couple of years, uh, but I, I have the person who recommended it to me is a special forces team sergeant who's done somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to twelve combat deployments in the last uh, ten years, mm-hmm. and. Who is who has ventilated people and made them go bye bye, and also been present when people were hooked up and fixed. So, yeah. uh, I I respect that person's opinion uh, very highly. Sounds like it comes from a pretty reputable R and D source. I would say so. EDC, what do you got? Me? Yeah, I'll count uh, it. I got my little Smith, <laughs> my Smith and Wesson nineteen forty seven police revolver. Uh-huh. That's just because I was messing with it before we started the show. 
You got your knife on? I do. I've got my SOG Trident knife. Yeah. I, I don't have the, uh, the, the rape whistle knife. Not yeah. tonight. Do you still have it? I do still have it. Okay. I still use it oh. on a regular basis. But Not the, the rape whistle, but the knife. It, <laughs> in, in the event that you think you're going to get it raped, go ahead and just pee on yourself and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, duh. I don't or, know. Or puke. Puke on yourself, too. Yeah, that'll work. Just go, ahead and, <laughs> go ahead and drop a deuce. That'll probably deter somebody. What you got, left hand? No pun intended. Deterred somebody. Uh, I got the uh, Glock 22 on the hip with Blackhawk Serpa paddle holster. Got the Glock 23 on the ankle. No Walther PPS. I switched it out with the Glock 23. And the, uh, it's a Blackhawk. Didn't we determine that was a Blackhawk mm-hmm. ankle holster also? Uh, and I've got... No, Galco. It's a Galco? Yeah, it was a Galco. Oh, it was a Galco holster. Okay. And we're not sponsored by any of those people, so... No. Uh, free, free plugs for those hint, guys. Hint, wink, wink. <clears throat> if, if somebody no wants bill. to hook me up with a crossbreed, I you know I'd be happy to to sport that. But my uh, knife of choice today is the Tool Logic. <laughs> Here we go <laughs> with the flashlight and fire starter and and of course the Here we go. ever famous rape whistle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stop. Zeke, Zeke, stop it. Stop. <laughs> Get your hands away from that's, that. That's funny that everybody's talking about fire starters. Did you see what we just we're, – we're all excited. I'm all excited about starting fires. Yeah. Like, did, you see, did you see what we did that we put up on Facebook today? No. What did you put up? You started – Oh, well, well, Cold Steel, in addition to the uh, package they sent us, they sent us – they've got these uh, very super lightweight, uh, inexpensive, what they call the Rescue Edge knives, and they come with – a, a knife and a matching striker, emergency fire starter, you know, flint striker. Cool, yeah. And, you know, from experience, I know that you can't just take one of those things and scrape it onto a log and, and start an emergency fire. You know, <laughs> people see movies where they take a fire starter and they just scrape it onto some sticks and boom, there's a fire. <laughs> no. It doesn't work like that. No. And so I kind of was racking my brain. I'm like, okay, well, if, you know, in an, a, a situation, what could you use uh, to catch those little embers? And a lot of times it's, you know, it's really tough to find something out in the wild. Well, we were putting hurricane kits together, and my daughter, she said, well, we need to put the following items into the hurricane kits. And, you know, she said, we need to put a hairband in there. And she goes, we need to put feminine items and, uh, you know, maxi pads and stuff. And I was like, ah, I, I wonder how if maxi pads will burn. So <laughs> if they're flammable, I, I, so anyway, I went out and I, I went out and I used this new, this new fire starter knife, this survival edge from cold steel and flick the embers into the maxi pad. And uh-huh. dude, it works like magic. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So we serve we did, a dual we purpose. Feminine products a help little. a lot in survival because a really good, stop uh, bleeding, stop bleeding is a tampon, especially with a nosebleed. And we used to have those in our training kits. And it yeah, was hilarious because, like, the football players would get a bloody nose, and we'd make them walk around with a tampon in their nose all up and down the sideline. I'd bleed to death for that happened. I've had plenty of tampons shoved up my nose. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. It works. It works fast. <laughs> Is that what they use uh, in the I'm, MMA? I'm, I'm not too feminine to say it. I'm comfortable with my sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, left hand isn't. It no, it's just the thought of what they're used for, you know, for... Anyway, y'all wanted to talk about this blue on blue mistaken identity shooting. Yeah, uh, talk about you know speak it and it shall happen. Uh, About a month or so ago, 
I wrote an article for uh, Officer.com, and it was republished on the Tactical Wire, uh, basically about blue on blue. And and blue on blue means police officers shooting police officers. It's not Smurf on Smurf crime? No, it's not Smurf on Smurf crime. I I know you might think that. But uh, or even an avatar for you young hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, w- you know, we uh, this has been going on for for a long time, for decades and decades. And you know, when I was in the academy, you know, they would talk about it. If you're, you know, if you're ever involved in an off-duty shooting, or if you ever have to, you know, do this or that, um, what you need to do is this and that and the other. And what happens? We, we've it, it just well, a couple of months ago, we had a situation where an off-duty police officer stopped a crime in progress. And the patrolmen show up. They come running up on scene. He's just finished stopping a, a felon from doing bad things. He's standing there with his gun in his hand. They pull their guns out, and they scream, drop it, drop it, drop it, as they're shooting him. Boom, 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 boom. And, and he dies. Well, this happens every year, six months, what have you. And when it happens, it seems like we always have the same response. They bring everybody in, and they try and train the target, as in they train the police officer to, okay, if you're off duty, this is what you need to do. Hold your badge in a special way or do this. And what the, the kind of the epiphany that I had is one of the reasons I believe that we're having situations that devolve to that point is when we go through live fire training, when law enforcement officers go through live fire training, uh, especially shoot houses. They'll go through these, you know, shoot house scenarios and they give them a briefing. They're like, okay, it's a, you know, in progress bank robbery or it's a whatever. doesn't matter. And they walk into the shoot house and there, there'll be these colored targets, right? They look like men or women or what have you. And the target either has a gun in its hand or it doesn't. And sometimes they'll they'll tape like a little badge overlay on it or something, and hopefully the officers will see that. But when you run these scenarios, what happens is they go through them, and, and the officer, you know, they, they shoot everybody who's holding a gun, and everybody who's not holding a gun doesn't get shot. And you get to the end, and they pat you on the head, and they say, you're a good little cop, and uh, good job. <laughs> and, you know, my question to the audience in the article was, I mean, the only difference in these shoot-house scenarios as to which target gets shot and which target doesn't get shot is the presence of a firearm. There's no intent. What did we talk about earlier on the show? Opportunity, ability, and intent. And you cannot start launching bullets until you check all three blocks. Well, and people are like, oh, but that's bullcrap, Paul, because these cops have all been through use of force training. Yeah, I understand. They sat in the classroom. They took the test. Great. But when they actually have guns in their hands and they're out on the range, what are they shooting? They're shooting images of people holding guns, people that are not dressed like them. You know, they're not wearing polyester uniforms and, and with shiny badges. They're wearing street clothes. And the only reason that, you know, what the indicator to them is that, it's either a good guy or not a good guy is the presence of a gun. And so anyway, I, I put that forth as, as kind of like food for thought. And then we had this thing in California where the kid, you know, is holding a toy AK-47 and they shoot him and he's dead now. And, you know, people are like, well, it looked like it was real. It looked like it was real. I'm like, okay, I got you. So he had, so if they thought it was a real gun, which they may have, and I'll, you know, I'll grant them that, but he, did they shoot him because he was demonstrating intent to do bodily harm or was it because he was holding on to a gun? 
And that and when I say about these, you know, these off-duty officers and undercover officers being shot, it, they're not shot because the boys in blue roll up in cruisers and the detective turns around in plain clothes and draws down on the uniform guys. They're not ridiculous, you know, stupid. I don't know what word I'm allowed to use to say PG, but they're not they're not dumb. These detectives aren't pointing their guns at the, you know, the arriving deputies. They're standing there with a gun in their hand and they're getting shot. Well, we talked about that. Uh, we did a little video. We talked about it on the radio, and people were just like, "Oh, why are you cop bashing?" You know, like I'm not cop bashing. What I'm saying is, I'm asking the question. I'm putting it out there. Do we need to address the way we're training cops? Are we literally training cops to equate people with guns in their hands it's as de facto bad guys? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, good point. Well, yeah. we did that show, and guess what just happened? Hallandale Beach detectives. Detective dodges friendly fire from Broward County Sheriff's. There was an in-progress suspect on the loose call. There was a guy, a detective, on his way, heard what was going on. He's like, I'm really close. I can get in on this. So he goes, like cops do, to the scene, sound of gunfire, you know, to the scene of the crime. He's there. Broward County uh, uniform guys show up. They see him in street clothes holding a gun. They open fire on him. He didn't draw down on them. He didn't demonstrate intent to hurt them, but what did they do? They see a person who's not dressed like they are, holding a gun, and they shoot him. Right. And and this just came in today. And so, you know, you like me or hate me if you want, you know, write all the letters you want about how full of crap I am, but we need as as a nation to we I mean, public servants are supposed to be that. They're supposed to be public servants. You're not supposed to be a subservient peasant class that has a ruling class over you, you know, that decides whether you live or die based upon your possession of a firearm. That's not the way it's supposed to work. And we just had the thing in New York where the cops, the guy was acting erratically, so they opened fire on him and shot two innocent women standing on the street. Mm -hmm. Guy didn't even have a gun, but they're like, well, he was behaving in an erratic manner. Well, so in New York, if you behave erratically, you, you get executed? What what are you telling me here? That's normal what? behavior in New York, isn't it? Yeah, no kidding. I thought erratic <laughs> behavior is what they did up there. What do you have against cops? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, we just, we've, we've taken a lot of crap over that. Uh, throughout all of our social media, we've been getting uh, actually both good and bad feedback. Uh, but well, I think most of the bad feedback the is to... from people that read the title of our podcast. Yeah, and I was going to say, if people would take the time listen. to listen to what your message is, and not just come to conclusions based on what you know what your topic is. That's one thing they, that they'd be a lot better off. We found in the internet world of entertainment, whether it's YouTube or podcast or blogs. Did a lot of people just read the title? For instance, we had a, a YouTube video we launched today. It said Glock 19 versus CZ 97 versus SIG 1911 Nightmare. The whole that that had nothing to do with the video, but one of the comments instantly was Glock 19. <laughs> it's like. Dude, you didn't even watch the video. It was like a comedy sketch kind of competition thing, and those were the guns used. And you could tell he didn't watch it because his instant 
comp or comment was Glock 19. So it's, they're just judging based off the titles. It's it's a keyboard warriors. Now we've got a couple collab things coming up that are going to be pretty big, both on our website and on your website. Do you say collab? Collab, collaboration. I think that's like the wow. new the new youth youth thing that they say. Collabs. Is, is that what the hipsters are saying now? I think so. I think it's collab instead of collaboration. We leave it up to Zeke to keep us hip and cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Le- left hand keeps it up with the video gamers. I keep up with the hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on our site, uh, we've st- launched the forums. We announced it last week. And on those forums is an actual student of the gun forum section. That's Dude, right. I totally he- forgot that we had done that. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, by the way, Paul, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Paul got quiet. He's like, we did? He just texted Jared going, you know, did you, did you, you know, know about this? it was to not announce it yet? We're trying to wait and do it the right way and Ooh. announce everything at one time. Mm. Gotcha. It's been hard. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Bam. That just happened. Bam. It did. Well, we can edit that if we need to. No. It's going on. No, no, no. Let's. No, let's, no let's we're releasing we it with the radio show. Yeah. Hey, hang on one second. One of my dogs just came in. He's panting over microphones. <laughs> oh, I thought that was I thought that was left hand. <laughs> it was left hand. I'm just giving him excuse. <laughs> he heard about the forums. He heard about the student of the gun forums. He's like. <laughs> he was so excited that he started panting. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Give him a paper bag. <laughs> I'm so excited about our collab. So if you go to TalkingLead, <laughs> so if you go to TalkingLead.com and click on the forum section, you'll see the Talking Lead forums, and you'll also see the Student of the Gun forums, where Jared is a almighty whatever it is you're called editor moderator, moderator? yeah that i know That's i pulled down the word we gotta call it a mod mod there we go it's mod. a collab with you being the mod there we go i like that not the same thing as a modded controller and then you can talk about what's gonna happen on your site collab wise yes i was just getting to that after i was going to thank you for putting a forum up for us sure. i appreciate it no problem it's it's really going to take a workload off of me uh, answering all these questions. Uh, a lot of questions that we get can be answered by basically the community of people. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but anyway, so on our site, we're going to have Talking Lead is going to be posting their radio shows on our blog. So they're going to be able to find it on studentofthegun.com slash SOTG dash blog as well. And uh, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's going to be awesome too. Little- oh, oh, you got to read their bio. Oh, it's pretty cool. Are you telling me to read our bio? <laughs> yeah, you should. You, you, did you write it? No. Then you should read it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should. Did you add some stuff to it? <laughs> I was I was thinking about it, but I don't want to make that public. So he's an he's an intergalactically certified EMT. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now that that's that's my that's my jab at um. You know, we we would get these we get these uh, long letters from. Volunteer EMT Bravos telling us how how Volunteer. totally uh, reckless and unsafe it was to allow citizens to buy that kind of medical gear and how they had no business using it. Are and you serious? <laughs> oh no, I am. And that they were an, an EM a volunteer EMT Bravo, and you know, and I was like, you mean the same guys that? So you think it's cool for them to like ventilate people with their Roscos, but? They shouldn't try and stop someone from bleeding to death because they're not a professional EMT like you or themselves. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, I started calling them uh, oh my uh, inter- intergalactically certified. Everybody <laughs> wants. They were- have you have you read our article called "The Truth About Posers"? I got about halfway through it, and I can't remember. I think I was at work, and I had to quit. But Ties yes. in with our video a bit. Don't claim to be something you're not. Basically, yeah. 
Well, it's because on the internet now, if if you uh, if you uh, <laughs> if you register a domain name and and you figure out how to use WordPerfect or, or now WordPress, you are now a de facto firearms expert. Well, you guys have any other topics or anything you want to go over? Anything? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck Norris? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> he's a lone wolf. I think, I, I think I need some woodchuck cider. There you go. <laughs> hey, I angry got some, orchard. I got some shiner bock waiting for me. I wonder if I say Angry Orchard enough if they'll send me some free ones. Keep hoping that. I keep talking about uh, um, that almond company. What's that almond company? Diamond. Diamond. Blue Diamond. Blue Diamond oh, almonds. Yes. The Smokehouse or the Wasabi we ones. And I'm hoping that a, that a gift pack is going to show up. But they're in California, and I don't think we're, our show's allowed uh, to be broadcast in California. <laughs> yeah. I think they stop it at the border. You know what's crazy? One of our biggest states for downloads is California. All the, okay. all the like gun banning states we have huge followings in it's like the parents who try to keep and protect their kids from overly protect them from guns and whatnot they're the ones that turn out to be they're the ones that find them exactly yeah that's that's the way those states are (laughs) it's the same it's the same for us which is weird because they they don't get it there so they have to listen to it to enjoy it it just makes them want it more it's like we have an enormous following in egypt right now (laughs) (laughs) we 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 do get stuff from our um, our English speaking overseas affiliates. Uh, mm-hmm. We've gotten stuff from Ireland, England, Australia. Where else? You're foreign uh, overseas, but definitely from Australia, uh, Barbados, England, Ireland, or something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, there's. Oh, we. Hey, hey. I, I'm sorry. Coach. I forgot your name, but we got a, a big fan down in the Dominican Republic who listens to us. So, uh, hey, Dominican Republic, send us some cigars. We love cigars. The nice. DR. Yeah. Down in the DR. Speaking of cigars, I know y'all like cigars. I'm glad you said that because I had that written down on a piece of paper that's not in this room. Have you ever tried Padron cigars, like their anniversary series? Oh, yeah. Padron Anniversario. Oh, my gosh. Those things are amazing. The one that's uh, 1967 or 64 or something like that, that's my favorite. You know what we should do, Jared? Jared, what is our favorite day at SHOT Show? The, the oh, Sunday. You know why? Sunday. Because Sunday, Sunday. it's the only day of the year that I get to relax. Okay. The Sunday it's, before uh, no, or not, the not Sunday really. after? We, we go over to the Casa Fuente. Casa Fuente and the yeah. forum shops right across, uh, well, in Caesars Palace forum shops. You guys Are you guys familiar with Casa Fuente? Mm. Yeah, I've seen it. I've never been in it, though. Oh. It's awesome. I'm familiar with Caesars and their oh, uh, well, topless right. like, uh, Little Caesars area. Pizza? <laughs> we, all right, now hush up. Now I'm talking. I'm trying to be serious, oh, you hippies. Sorry, okay. <laughs> big boy talk here. Yeah, big boy talk here. Okay, that's that's become Jared, and for like the last what two, three years at least, Jared uh, running. We, uh, you know, shot show. Once shot show starts, it's it's craziness. It's just nonstop. So we usually get into town a day or two early. Actually, you know, shots outs on Tuesday, so we'll get in Sunday morning generally, and uh, Sunday afternoon we go over to Casa Fuente and uh, what, what's mojitos. Yes. Mojitos. You go back, I love mojitos. You, yes. You pick yourself out a, uh, one of many, many fine Fuente cigars and uh, you can smoke them right there in the shop. They have a cafe. They have very, very lovely ladies that will bring you all the mojitos you would like to drink uh, and just sit the there and just the best. decompress. So I, I think we need to make that a date. It needs to be yes, a date. I'm in. We, we, need, we need to do a big boy radio hour at the uh, Casa Fuente. We'll do a little powwow at I Casa agree. Fuente. Oh, speak, speaking of, uh, of, nice Tennessee, of Tennessee boys, I hate to, to uh, ADD moment here, you guys. But, uh, Squirrel. 
do you got do you guys know Derek St. Holmes from Ted Nugent? Oh, you I, know who Derek St. Holmes is, right? Yeah. The original player. singer and rhythm guitar player yeah. for uh Ted Nugent. Sure. I got nothing. Yep. Okay, well, all right, you need to educate yourself there, left hand. Yeah. But anyway, Derek Holmes is he's a gun guy. Nice. Uh, he, yeah, he, he likes guns. He carries a gun. Heck, I met him in the Galco booth at NRA two years ago. Uh, I've seen him in concert. And uh, anyway, he's a real good dude, and he lives in Nashville. Oh, we need or to get a hold of him. just outside of Nashville. You still have – you stay in touch with him? Yeah. Yeah, I got his, uh, I got his number. Yeah, you need oh, to get, a, cool, yeah. get him uh, our contact info. We'll definitely yeah, no kidding. That. I mean, if you guys are, if you're relatively, uh, you know, neighbors there, you're close. Yeah, just it's always cool to meet somebody who's like, you know, a famous musician that also is a cool gun guy. Oh yeah. Oh, uh-huh. and, and Jared, if, if if and when we run into Aaron Lewis this year, we're going to actually oh, not dude. be idiots and we're going to say hello to him. We were at the Hard Rock, uh, at the Hard Rock Hotel and the Center Bar there, and you know, and we were talking to Tim Sylvia, giant Tim oh, Sylvia. Wow. We're talking yeah, to Tim Sylvia big gun guy and, too. And, and his guy, and and we were talking about Der- uh, Aaron Lewis and about how he was a hunter and a, and a pro gun guy, and we didn't even realize it. He was like ten feet away from us <laughs> at, right at the there. bar. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until somebody published pictures of of the like the party <laughs> You're like, on hey, Facebook later, and we're like, "Holy crap!" He was that was he was standing. He was <laughs> that is awesome. And we're like, "Why don't we feel dumb?" That's the guy I shoved out of the way to get those nuts. What? <laughs> <laughs> they were in a bar. <laughs> oh, oh wow. wow. That was that's staying in the show. <laughs> that is staying in. Uh, Don't forget we have the new contest starting this week because we lost all of our iTunes feedback and comments. We're For, starting fresh. We're starting, starting fresh. Slate. Uh, so we, we need you guys to we had get almost, us back up where we were. We had almost two hundred. We're now down to thirteen. So once we get to a hundred, so we're every, gonna give a giveaway. Every C note we hit, every hundred spot, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred. I went to five hundred, and the the gifts are going to be progressive as well. Uh, we're going to do drawings. Yep. And if you do start in the, if you're in the first one hundred, you get to be in each drawing. Yep. So make sure you get on there, leave a comment. Unless you're going to leave a negative comment, uh, just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> if it's three stars or below, you're not entered in the content. Oh, now I got 20 comments. I have 20 entries, right? Uh, yes. As long as there are 20 different names on yeah. 20 different accounts. One account, yeah. one entry. And oh, then, no. so 100. Don't forget to go check out the forums, www.talkinglead.com. Forums with us and the new Student of the Gun forums also. Check out our there. Facebook page. Check out uh, our Twitter. What else we got? What's that other thing? Twitter. Oh, Instagram. Instagram. Yep. I don't know. If what, you don't guys know you don't do have there. a Google Plus, you need to get one. We have a Google Plus. Okay. Yeah. Well, then they need to go there too. Yes. Go okay. to Google Plus, even Google. though I never check it. Unless YouTube tells us that it's something's on there, and then I'll check it. That's about you it. You don't have to check it. It checks itself. Okay. Nice. Gotcha. We'll take it. So and we'd like to thank, thank our, our sponsors, sponsors. Uh, Clutch Defense, clutchdefense.com. Go there. Use the code TALKINGLED68. U.S. Elite Gear, us-elitegear.com for all your gear needs. Your stuff for your kit. Your kit. And you also get a discount there if you enter the code TALKINGLED. So TALKINGLED68 at Clutch Defense, TALKINGLED at US Elite Gear. And then Lone Wolf, you Mm -hmm. can get a discount there. Lone Wolf Distributors, just TALKINGLED, all one word. 10% discount across the board. We'd like to thank uh, ICE Training, ICE Training.us. 
Also, All or Nothing Tattoo Studio. That's allornothingtattoo.com. And they're a very gun-friendly merchandise store, strangleholdmerch.com. Ergo Grips at ergogrips.net. HG Press, holder in green professional real estate services for all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs. Call HG Press at 1-800-615-1840, extension 2222. Jared, Paul, tell everybody how they can find you guys, plugs, all that stuff. You can find us everywhere, okay? You can find us on <laughs> iTunes. We got studentofthegun.com is our hub for everything. You can get to everything from studentofthegun.com. But in addition to that, we've got Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. We've got two YouTube channels, Student of the Gun TV and SOTG Homeroom. And we've got Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, and No, Vimeo. you're on Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest is important for SEO. Is it really? Yes, sir. I thought Pinterest was just like for, for crochet recipes kids. and crochet and stuff. No, sir. Oh, I will be on Pinterest to do your homework. Shame on you. All right, I'll take it from here, Jared. Thank you very much. Uh, do not forget that we are doing a tactical response two-day training gear giveaway. All you have to do is go to studentofthegun.com and sign up for our regular newsletter. We don't spam you. We don't sell your address. But what we will do is tell you what is new, cool, and going on with Student of the Gun. In addition to that, everyone who is an active subscriber to the Student of the Gun newsletter is eligible for all of our contests and giveaways. We've given away the KSG 12-gauge shotgun from Keltec. We've given what? away the Chris Car the Chris Carbine package. Uh, we've given away handguns. We've given away holsters, knives, all that good stuff. And right now, uh, every month, well, October, November, and December, we are giving away a free two-day tuition to any tactical response two-day course. And all you have to do is sign up, and you're eligible. We are also coming very soon before Christmas, going to be doing an optics giveaway and a flashlight, tactical flashlight giveaway. So you want to make sure that you are signed up and registered for that. Uh, we also want to make sure we thank our good friends down in Cocoa, Florida, Keltec Firearms. Keltec Firearms makes some really cool, unique, and innovative guns. Uh, yes, if you do. want something from if you want something from Keltec, get on the list because they are popular and people Sub want them. 2000 rock. I love those. That's right. So uh, check that all out. And don't forget, watch Student of the Gun television. Student of the Gun TV is on Dish Network Channel 266, Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And also, if you're on the East Coast, you can check us out on a live TV outdoors. That's on the Shel Chantel, excuse me, Chantel HD Cable Network. And we are on Wednesday nights and Saturday nights. So check your local listings for that. So be, what, where are you going to go? You're going to go to studentofthegun.com. Now, what's our, and what do we say? You're a beginner once, but you should be a student for life. And you know what we say? <laughs> Paul, Jared? Do y'all do y'all know? Do y'all listen? Uh, Please don't make I, us cry. No. Oh, dang, I, it. <laughs> I, I, I do listen, but no, not the end. Was, no. uh, we'd like to thank Paul and Jared for being on the show today. So, guys, appreciate you being on. Thank you, you for us. thank you for collaborating. Collaborating. Collabing. Thank you for yeah, letting yeah, us I, be I on can, your show. I can show. say multi-syllable words. <laughs> I have the ability. Multi-syllabic. The rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain. Really? Did that just happen? That's what I hear. Just multiple syllables. And as always, left hand, keep, keep your loved ones, ones close, close and keep your firearm closer. <laughs> <laughs>